0: Hello and welcome to the European Hoops podcast, we are a Sport presentation, we bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague, we recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. We only have one round left, are you ready to recap round 33, Diogo?
1: Yeah, absolutely man, it's been a fun season, Uh, almost getting to the playoffs, so... I'm excited for it. Let's go.
0: What a season so far indeed. On this episode, we will break down the standings and the possible scenarios heading into the last round of the regular season, and we will break down all the 9 games of round 33. Let's waste no time and start looking into the standings. With one round to go, we have 3 teams fighting for the final 2 playoff spots, still up for grabs. Those teams are Fenerbahce, currently in 5th place, that can finish between 5th and ninth; Basconia, that can finish between 5th and 9th, and currently are in 8th place, and and Zalgiris, currently in That can finish between 6th and ninth places. Already qualified we have Olympiacos. That is currently in the 1st place. And can finish the season in 1st or 2nd. Real Madrid currently is in 2nd place. And can finish in 1st to 3rd. Barcelona currently in 3rd. And can finish the season in 2nd or 3rd place. Monaco is the only team that already know their seed. And they are locked into the 4th place. Partizan currently is in 6th and with the possibility of ending 5th to 7. Maccabi is currently in 7th and in the fight for the 5th to 8th places. Olympiacos faces Basconia in a high-stakes game. Olympiacos needs to win or a loss by Real to lock the first place. Real visits Maccabi in a game that will decide the seat of those two playoff teams that currently are set to face each other in the playoffs. Uh, Real needs to win Finish in the top two and will need an Olympiacos loss to be first. If they lose, they need Barcelona to lose as well for them to keep the second place, otherwise, they went the regular season in third place. Barcelona will receive Valencia, they need a win and a loss from Real to, to be second, otherwise, they end in third. Fenerbahce will visit Red Star, Partizan will receive Paratinaikos, Maccabi will welcome Real, Basconi will visit Olympiacos. and Zalgiris ends the season in Munich where they will visit Bayern make sure you guys tune in to our next episode that will come out on Wednesday where we will break down what to expect from these games and the playoff implications of each one of them. But let's look in what happened on this round 33. Let's start in Kaunas where the home team Zalgiris received Maccabi and beat them by 1.6867. The MVP of the game was the Latvian Roland Schmitz with 13 points for rebounds to assists. Arnaz Butsevicius had 8-6-4 and 4, while Josh Nibu was the best for the visitors with 11-3-1 steal, and 3 blocks. As always happens in Kaunas, the crowd showed up to push their home team into this win this was a must win for Zalgiris and they didn't disappoint in a game where emotions were running high we had players stepping up to the moment we had highlights like Kevarius Hayes' putback that is a strong contender to be the putback of the season the game started with a high pace going to halftime 42-45 with advantage for Maccabi. Zalgiri's second half defensive performance, especially in the third quarter, allowing them only seven points to the powerful Maccabi offense, was the key for them to lock this win and stay in the playoff hunt. For Maccabi, a one-point loss meant that they locked their playoff spot despite losing this game.
1: What were the keys for Zalgiris to secure this win, Diogo? Man, first of all, uh, like you mentioned, uh, I just want to shout out the Zalgiris crowd because they really showed up for this game. It was a very important one and they didn't disappoint. Um, then, it was such a competitive game from the start. Um, Zalgiris again came in with that small ball lineup that has been working pretty well for them. And they were guarding the Maccabi's perimeter players very, very nicely, and that's a big key here because we know um, how Maccabi uses their perimeter players, especially Wade Baldwin and Lorenzo Brown. But once again, they struggle with the bigs. I mean, uh, Nebo, Sorkin, Cohen all had pretty good first halves, and even Gerald Martin coming off the bench and hitting some trees and stretching the floor for them. But Neither, neither team was able to get comfortable throughout the game. It was always a very close one. And I think the biggest key here was the way Zagiris was able to control the game in the third. Um, they only allowed seven points. to so Maccabi, they got stops. They play with energy to get that crowd into it even more. And then in the end, it was all about staying consistent and executing down the stretch. And Zagiris made better decisions as a collective group, in my opinion. While Maccabi... Settle for more individual situations like Wade Baldwin uh, going one-on-one several times in the end. So this is a a huge win for Zagiris. They they are able to stay alive. And considering the opponents for the next round, I think Zagiris will have a, a very nice chance. But yeah, this was a very good game, very competitive. And Zagiris was able to execute down the stretch and they got this win shout out to them.
0: It's exciting to have the team that will be hosting the final four in the hunt for the playoffs and Zalgiris has a really shot to to make it to the playoffs and let's see how far they can take this momentum and what can they do if they do reach the the postseason. It was a great win for them, a great home win for them and they stay in the fight. Hey uh, I have
1: a question for you. Go ahead. Uh, Being a a big Zalgiris supporter (laughs) like you are Uh, Which team would you like to see them face in the playoffs in terms of them getting the best shot possible at reaching the Final Four?
0: first I'm not really a Zalgiris supporter I don't really have a favorite team but I do sympathize with Zalgiris I like the, the work that uh, they do there and uh, geographically I'm very close to them so it's a team that I will end up watching more times so I do like them and I'd like to see them winning but uh, not really as a supporter I, I wouldn't consider myself okay, a fan okay. my bad, my bad. that's a high standard you have seen how how good <laughs> those fans are and unfortunately I'm not uh, at that level, but uh, answering to your question. Zalgiris will end up facing one of the top three teams, and I think uh, all of them are... Too tough of op- opponents for them in the the first round of the playoffs to be able to achieve the the final four. We have seen them having success against teams that play a lot in transition, and they are able to impact their three point game, to impact their transition game, make use of their wings, switch a lot. They are able to play these small ball lineups, as you just pointed up, that they use on this game, and with that, they they are able to do that. So, an an opponent like uh, Monaco, Maccabi, Basconia would be ideal for them in that sense. But I don't think that's on the on the cards for them. So from the teams available to one of the Spanish teams, because of uh, their inconsistency, that gives, gives Algiers a puncher chance of competing for games. I don't think I would favor them against either in a, in a playoff series. But I think against uh, the Spanish teams, they will have a puncher chance to, especially at home, to get some wins. And I think that will be already pretty exciting series if that, that, that's the case. Olympiacos. Have been struggling uh, offensively on their last games, so I just think that Olympiacos is too organized and too well prepared, and uh, they are a superior team to to Zalgiris. They have a superior roster, in my opinion, and I think that will be too hard of a too hard of a playoff series for for them to to be able to succeed. And what do you think? Do you agree with me?
1: Yeah, I agree that they should be looking at the the Spanish teams uh, as the best shot at trying to get an upset um they they have beaten uh both real madrid and barcelona this year uh, at home so i think that could give them some confidence going into the playoffs Uh, obviously they wouldn't be favored like you said but uh, i think it would be a a fun one especially against barcelona i think because i think with that small ball lineup uh, they would have a a nice chance uh, because if barcelona Plays with Mirity Chapter 5, which I haven't seen them do much. I don't know if they would adapt to, to Zalgiri's lineup. But I think Zalgiris could have a shot at
0: that. Barcelona is a bit too set on their ways to, to make that kind of adjustments, I think. <laughs> but um, I, I think the biggest problem of uh, Zalgiris against Real Madrid, for example, they don't put enough pressure on the basket of the other team. And if you are not able to put pressure on Walter Tavares, he's able to control the game defensively so much that it will make hard for Zalgiris to come up with, op- with uh, offensive options. They will need to be extremely hot from three and they are able to do it. But uh, it's hard to see them being hot for a whole playoff series that will allow them to win enough games to to make it all the way into the final four but they can certainly be a fun and competitive team and they are showing that on the last games whoever they they find on the playoffs if they make it there they they will put up a fight and they will give us some very good basketball games to watch let's move on to one of their potential opponents Olympiacos that visited Red Star and lost 87-79. 87, 79. The MVP of the game was Campazzo with 20 points, three rebounds, eight assists, and five steals. John Holland had a very good game with 17 and two, with two steals and one block. While Zaynko was the best for Olympiacos with 16 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. It looked like early on that Olympiacos came into this game ready to lock the the first place in the regular season of the EuroLeague they scored 30 points in the first quarter they weren't able to keep up with that scoring performance and they didn't play up to their level consistently during the whole game they combined only for 29 points in the second and third quarters after scoring 30 in the first one Red Star Again, their defensive intensity and their ball pressure was the key for them to cause a lot of mistakes from a very uh, usually very organized team in Olympiacos. They had 19 turnovers on this game. Red Star ended the game with 17 fast break points and 18 off turnover points. With this win, Red Star became the only team to beat Olympiacos twice this season. Are you surprised that uh, Red Star comes off of this season of the Euroleague with uh, a perfect record against Olympiacos.
1: Yeah, uh I am I am surprised because even though not about this game but the fir- the first one uh, in Greece, uh I wasn't expecting Red Star to win that one, but Violasa was was amazing in that game. Uh but speaking of this one, uh I think there was a possibility for Red Star to win it. We knew it was going to be a tough game for Olympiacos. Uh, but the way they started the game, I mean, they, they were taking advantage of mismatches. They had Vezenkov and Walkop leading the charge. It looked like they were going to to go for it and to, to seal the number one seed. Uh, but then while they were dominating offensively, uh, the defense was not uh, playing like their usual self. Uh, usually Olympiak is very strong defensively as well. And Red Star was able to to make shots and play very good basketball to keep up with Olympiacos uh, in that first quarter, and then Campazo and Veldosa were amazing, and they set the tone for Red Star to win the game, and they forced turnovers, they they got to the free-throw line, and then they were able to get this win at home, uh, like you said, Holland was very good, especially in the fourth quarter, scoring the ball, so this is a very good win for Red Star, and now for Olympiacos, they, they will have to win that last game, otherwise, uh, the number one seed is in jeopardy for
0: them. Yeah, the team that certainly didn't like this result was Bosconi, that now will have to face an Olympiacos motivated to, extra motivated to win. They always will want to win, for sure. And um, Olympiacos wasn't able to to lock that first seed here on this game. Like uh, I mentioned before, they have been having some small struggles offensively to, to stay consistent and to produce offensively and to find solutions offensively. And Red Star... Ball pressure was, um, again, impactful and uh, was able to to cause them some some issues. And let's see how this translates to the postseason and how they can close the regular season against Pasconi at home if they can snap out of this uh, less positive run for the leaders of the standings and if they can go strong into the, the postseason. But this was a, a good showing by Red Star that uh, have been showing, especially after they added Campazzo to the to the team that are able to compete with about anyone. They don't have the consistency to be higher in the standings and to, to be a playoff team in this edition of the EuroLeague. But uh, they are right there. They are just a tier below and they are a very fun team to watch at the moment. The next game in Turkey... Between Fenerbahce and FS, Fenerbahce won 103 the MVP of the game was Nigel Hayes Davis with 26 points, four rebounds, four assists, one steal. Dashiell Pierre had 17 points, eight rebounds, and one assist, while Will Clyburn had 21 points. 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals and 2 blocks. This is it for the defending champions. They are official out of the playoffs. They weren't able to step up to the moment when they had to. Not only in this game, but uh, for most of this season. Efes wasn't able to compete defensively against Fenerbahce. That uh, came ready to, to play and take advantage of that. Fenerbahce shot 10 of 18 from 3. They shot 32 of 46 from 2. Behind the big performances by Hayes Davids and Pierre, that uh, both played 40 minutes, they, they locked this uh, this win. We saw Fenerbahce looking for mismatches, moving the ball better than Efes, and they were able to to control this game for, for most of it. Fenerbahce, despite being in fifth place, and the teams that are currently in sixth and seven already being locked for playoffs, Fenerbahce isn't there quite yet, since uh, they don't have the tiebreaker against Basconi and Zalgiris that are below them. But uh, they did to take a big step in direction to the playoffs with this win over Efes. Do this was it for Efes, but uh, Fenerbahce is still alive. Can this game be where they start building momentum to be able to to make it all the way into the Final Four?
1: Yeah, this was a, a very good win for, for Fenerbahce and a very important one, uh, because they were going through some, some tough times so they really needed this one uh but man coming into this game uh, especially without wilbekin uh, i really thought fenerbahce w- would not be able to to match f's ability to score but was i wrong man they they scored 100 plus and it just looked so easy for them they they did a great job using nigel hayes davis and pierre in the post as wings and both of them had uh, amazing games offensively, and like you mentioned, playing the whole forty minutes, both of them. Uh, but also, I mean, Efes did the best job they could uh, to help Fenerbahce. They they played zero defense; like mm-hmm. it literally looked like Fenerbahce was running layup lines. That's how crazy it was. Uh, in the third quarter, uh, Will Klavan tried everything. I mean, he was scoring at will, but. Fenerbahce was also scoring on the the other side. At one time, it looked like it was Clyburn and Nigel hayes Davis playing (laughs) (laughs) one-on-one. But yeah, Fenerbahce was always able to respond. And then Clyburn was clearly so tired. He shot three straight air balls because nobody else came along the way to help him. And I think that was the the biggest key for F is not being able to compete uh, until the end. So it's a huge win for Fenerbahce. I mean, they, they fought, uh, even in the rebounding battle, uh, they won 30 to 19. And for FH, how can you be a, a contender when you win 19 rebounds in a, in a full game? I mean, they had four players getting rebounds. One of them was Plyce with one single rimba- rebound, and the other one was Shane Larkin, who is the small person on the court, with three. So when you only have four players getting rebounds, it, it's very tough, but... It just shows their whole season. They didn't fight enough. They didn't want it enough. So shout out to Fenerbahce for, for playing a great game. And they deserve it.
0: We can stop thinking of as contenders now. It's safe to do it. They yeah, sh- <laughs> I, I think now it's safe. Uh,
1: I, I will stop at least. So you guys <laughs> won't have to piss me off no more. <laughs>
0: no, but um, because they showed flashes in the, the previous games. And that's why I even picked them to be favorites on this game because Fenerbahce was struggling uh, and uh, F.S. showed flashes of um, stepping up mostly defensively, being able to, to play with more intensity, to be able to compete more. And offensively, we know that those players are able to to perform at a very high level, but they weren't able to do it. Uh, Shout out to Ikut, this as well because he clearly outcoached Attoman on this game. FS was a team that seems to have uh, trouble to perform on the court, to have trouble off the court as well. Not that there is any type of like issues uh, with the players and, and coaches as, as people, but uh, to be mentally ready for the games and to, to perform at the level that they need to if they want to compete on these high stake games, they clearly weren't able to do it. And Fenerbahce was able to even limited with lacking some important players, were able to to compete, take advantage of the mismatches that they had, and they secured this very important win to to stay in the playoff hunt to keep competing for this year's EuroLeague Championship. Let's move on, and let's go to Spain, where Valencia dominated Virtus, getting a 79-68 win. Shannon Evans was the MVP of the game with 15 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. Kyle Alexander had 14-1 and and 1 steal, while Ojale had 21 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. Virtus was able to stay competitive for 3 quarters of the game, heading into the 4th quarter down just 1 point, 58-59. But Valencia with a 17-2 run to start the 4th quarter, took over the game and locked this win in front of their home court crowd and they were very pleased to be able to to win the season. This positive note at home. Both of these teams are out of the playoffs. Virt- Virtus already have an invitation for next edition of the EuroLeague, while Valencia doesn't. Did they show that they belong in the EuroLeague game, Diogo?
1: I thought Valencia was going to be able to, to do a better job in this game, even though they got the win. Um, the game was very competitive for the first three quarters and then it, understandably uh, Virtus didn't have enough legs under them to, to compete in the fort and I think that's the the biggest reason why Valencia went on that 17th to run. Um, I do think Valencia is a Euroleague team. I think they belong. Uh, I like to watch them play they have a, a pretty fun play style so we'll see how that how that goes for next season but but they played a good game even though uh, I thought they would be better. They still played a good game. They forced 20 turnovers and they were able to win the rebounding battle. So in the end, they just had more options than Virtus on this one. So they were able to get the win, so, but but we'll see. We'll see what happens next
0: year. Yeah, let's see who is competing where, and uh, Valencia already secured some important players for next year, so they for sure would be uh, Euro Cup favorite if they are there, but uh, let's see where they are playing, and um, they end the season in a in a good note, and that's always good to see. The next game still in Spain was Real Madrid against Bayern. The home team won 79-67. The MVP of the game was Yabo Sali with 10 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Mario already had 20 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals and 1 block while Cheatham had another good performance for Bayern and he's showing some very good indications of being um, a potential future good player in the EuroLeague. He ended the game with 20 points, 8 rebounds and 1 assist. Bayern was able to put up a fight on the first half with their ability to compete in the class, they ended the first half with eight offensive rebounds, and they head into halftime down four points. In the third quarter, Real took over, and uh, they made use of their depth and superior roster to to lock this win. In the end, it was a game where Real just being more powerful and having more options was enough for them to to, to lock this win against a team that uh, is more limited. On his post-game interview, Mario said that Real was sleepy and sloppy tonight. He was certainly right, wasn't him, Diogo?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was expecting uh, Real Madrid to, to dominate this game. And even though they, they had the lead for most of the game, they were never able to get separation, and I think that's what Mario is referring to. Uh, they were supposed to blow out Bayern, and they just they could never get that that separation that was that was expected. Uh, the rebounding battle was pretty close, and Bayern had eleven offensive rebounds, which I think is a bit concerning when you have guys like Tavares, Poirier, and even Yabozele in there. So in the end, Real Madrid just had more options to win this game and they did that so shout out to them but we need to see uh, a more sense of uh, a bigger sense of urgency from them um, in order for them to be at that elite level to, to win the Euro league uh, we just need to see more of that because I feel like throughout the whole season uh, they've had many games like this where they are sloppy and inconsistent so I hope they can turn it on for the playoffs because with the roster they have, there is no excuse for them not to be in the final four.
0: Yeah, this was a must win, but not a good performance for Real Madrid. They, they need to do much better if they want to compete in, in higher stake games. And I feel like I keep saying this on this podcast, but uh, we have discussed over and over again that lack of consistency from teams can end them in a playoff series. And while these teams clearly have the potential to, to win it all, and to win any matchup against any team of this EuroLeague, they need to be better if they want to come come out of it with the title. They certainly still have time and are in the position to do it. Real Madrid can be first in the end of this uh, edition of the EuroLeague regular season, but uh, they need to perform at a higher level if they want to be able to to win it all once the postseason comes. Let's stay in Spain and let's move on to a high-scoring game between Basconi and Asvald. Uh, the game ended 120-100. The MVP of the game was the incredible Darius Thompson with 23 points, 4 rebounds and 12 assists and, tw- and 3 steals. codstar had 15 points, 6 rebounds and 2 assists, while john Matthews was the best for the visitors with 25 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. Despite having only 9 players available for this game, Aswell was able to play with uh, energy in a game where Basconi couldn't stop their... Isolation players, but uh, outscoring Basconia, as we know, would always be very hard for the for the visitors to do it. And the home team showed the firepower to to lock this win. This was a game where records were in play and almost achieved. Basconia was only three points away from um, the record of 123 points scored in a single game that belongs to both Maccabi and Paratinaikos. The game. Itself was only four points away for the most points combined for a game. That is 224 points that belongs to Skipper Bologna and Zalgiris Kaunas. They just fell short of those two records in a really high scoring match. In the end of the day, Basconi took care of business and got an important win for their playoff aspirations. But if they want to make it all the way into the playoffs, they will need to perform at a much better level defensively because allowing 100 points to the last in the standings that averages 74.4 points per game is clearly not good enough to beat a team like Olympiacos as they likely will need to do on the next round. What caught your eye on this game, Diogo?
1: Yeah, this game was was kind of a shocker, honestly. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say the, the 120 for Bosconia. It's not expected, but I wouldn't say shocking because they have that type of firepower and with their playstyle and their shooting ability. But like you said, to, to allow a hundred points uh, by Osval, that's pretty insane, c- considering where they rank uh, offensively. Uh, we all know that Basconia is not a, an elite defensive team at all. But like this is this is way too much, uh, especially going into the next game, like you said against Olympiacos, where they need to win. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, but in the end, uh, I expected dominance from Basconia, and. They did dominate. They was up for, they were, they had the lead most of the game. I, I think that it was only in the beginning of the first quarter that they didn't, uh, but they took control of the game pretty quick, and they always had like a, a double digit lead. But still, like you can't give up a hundred points, especially to to Oswell. The, They had Darius Thompson leading the way. I mean. 23 points and 12 assists, that, that's awesome. He, he has been doing this for the entire season and it has been such a great surprise for me. Uh, Basconi had 33 assists and shot 50% from three with 17 out of 30, 34, that, that's insane. And I think those were the keys to for this 20 point separation because asvel only had 13 assists and you did mention uh, how they played iso ball on offense. So that explains it a bit, and but Asvel was able to stay competitive by getting to the free-throw line and making those free-throws, uh, but in the end, I mean, Basconi just has too much for them, and this was a, an expected blow-up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They just cannot uh, expect to to win like this when they play against teams that have as much firepower as they do, but uh, on this one, it was a must-win for them. They. We just would expect to see more from them in terms of they are able to do on the other side of the court at this stage of the competition. But good win for the basconian certainly an entertaining game with a lot of points for, for the fans. Let's move on to Greece where Paraty Naikou's Lost to Alba 84 88. The MVP of the game was Lucas Sigma with six points, four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Jalen Smith had 14 points, one rebound, five assists, and three steals. While the best for the home team was Marius Grigonis with 15 points one rebound and one assist. Alba was able to build an early 14-point lead. Parathinaikos fought back and went into the halftime down only 7 points. Parathinaikos had a strong third quarter, scoring 26 points and heading into the fourth quarter up 2 points. But Alba showed character, fought back and locked this win. Certainly not the way that Parathinaikos wanted to win this season at uh, their home court, but um, on the other hand, Alba keeps showing some potential and uh, they play a very entertaining brand of basketball. What were the keys for them to secure this road win, Diogo?
1: Okay, first of all, uh, I think one of the biggest keys for Alba, and I've been saying it all year, is that both their guards uh, need to be scoring the ball at a high level. And even though um, 14 points for Jolene Smith and 13 for Maud I wouldn't say that's high level, but they still led the team in scoring. Both of them, and there wasn't really nobody in this game like scoring 20. So I think that was a, a good start for them. And then, like you said, uh, the MVP was Luke Sigma, and he just has such complete games. Like, if you go look at the box score, he always checks every stat. So that's pretty huge for them. And uh, I thought Panatinak was going was to be able to win this game. Uh, I thought they have more talent and more options, but. Alba led all the way through the first half, and then Panathinaikos had a pretty good third quarter, like you said. And Alba was just able to to get back in the game and, and get the win. Panathinaikos struggled shooting the ball from three, and I think that was a, a big key for, for Alba to, to get some stops and to get some rebounds. But it was a really close-fought game. Uh, Alba did a great job controlling it, and that's how they got the win. But it was pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. So I think it's a very good win for Alba. They keep showing a, a good brand of basketball. And for Panathinaikos, it didn't look like a home game, unfortunately, again. But uh, I really hope they can turn it around, man.
0: Yeah, for Paratinaicos, it's really is about re- clicking a reset button in their relationship with their fans and uh, the way that they are playing, just to build a good and fun team for next season. And uh, let's see the good Paratinaicos back to the Euroleague because the Euroleague just has to win with it. So let's hope for that. The next game. <laughs> was played in Italy, where Milano received and beat at Barcelona 84-76. The MVP of the game was Nicola Melli with 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. Chabasne Napier ended the game with 18 points, 2 assists and 2 steals, while Kyle Kuric was the best for Barcelona with um, 70 points, 1 rebound and 1 assist. Mario Esonia said that Real is sleepy and sloppy, but uh, they were still able to, to get a win in the fight for the top of the standings. Barcelona, on the other hand, they couldn't in the game against uh, Milano impose their will, Milan was the team that were able to to do it and play their brand of basketball, locking down Barcelona on defense. The home team was able to build a 70-point lead at the point of the game, and it took a late Barcelona reaction to get the game down to a one-digit lead. Barcelona has the talent to win it all, but performing at this level without consistency and a killer instinct that allows them to dominate this type of matchups won't cut it in the postseason. Don't you agree, Dio?
1: Yeah, I agree, man. It's all about consistency, again. Uh, they're not able to to control the game for the whole 40 minutes and they allowed Milan to, to dominate the second and third quarters and even though Barcelona dominated the, the rebounding battle, I mean, they had 18 offensive rebounds. That That's pretty crazy. Uh, but they were not able to capitalize on the, on those extra possessions and credit again to to Napier for performing at a high level like he usually does. And this is a very good win for Milano, but Barcelona could really use one for to get some momentum for the playoffs uh, because you talked about Ezonja as well here. Uh, I think everything we can apply to to Real Madrid uh, about being sloppy and the lack of consistency, it can be applied to Barcelona as well. And again, not only for this game, but for the whole season. Uh, I think those two teams have been the most disappointing, to me at least, uh, in terms of their on-the-court performance. But Barcelona still has one more game left before the playoffs. Uh, They really need to win that one to, to go into the playoffs with momentum. So this was a very good win for Milano, though. They deserve their credit.
0: It's interesting with the Spanish teams, and I want to see if you agree with me here that I'm all for unselfish basketball. I think that's how you win games. You are consistent on defense. You are able to look for mismatches. You are able to share the ball and find easy baskets. But with the Spanish teams, I think they take it so far. To a point where it almost feels like that uh, the players are are being controlled almost in a video game and uh, you are not exploring your players to the maximum of their abilities. You are somehow limiting the ceiling of your team that is so good because you have so many options and such good players and you just stick to the same things over and over again that are very good and are able to put you on the top of the standings, but makes you look like you are lacking this uh, killer instinct, this ability to kill matchups, to dominate matchups, to take advantages of you over-rebounding the other team, to take advantage of a mismatch over and over and over again if you have to. And I don't know if you agree with me, but for me that's what's really lacking on these Spanish teams and it's what they need to start exploring if they want to win it all.
1: Yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, like a Spanish team hasn't won in a in a couple of years now uh, since twenty eighteen, uh, and I do agree. I think that's what's lacking. Like. I mean, when it gets to that time to to really win, they they haven't shown the ability to do it. So uh, we'll see if that changes this year. But I a hundred percent agree with you. They they really need to to show a consistency uh, to win, and they just haven't been able to do that. We'll see what happens this year.
0: Yeah, and as analysts of the game, we recognize that they have the pieces to do it. They have the players to take over a game. They have the players to create mismatches and to dominate any matchup almost in this uh, Euroleague and against any team. We just don't see them taking advantage of them nearly enough. We have seen Barcelona many times, especially with Mirotic being able to dominate some mismatches at a high level. But they stop doing it and they just don't go back to it for no apparent reason of course they they are so good and have such such deep rosters that allows them to to be in these positions and they will be in the postseason they will have good shots to, to make it to the final four and they will be in the fight to win it all we loving or at least me loving this unselfish type of basketball and ball sharing i would like them to see as well being able to play in a more clever way let's call it like that and uh, just be more dominant and more powerful than they have shown to be. But speaking about uh, powerful, this last game of the this round 33 between Monaco and Partizan was certainly powerful. The visiting team, Partizan, won the game 84-88. The MVP of the game was Zach Ladej with 22-2. Avramovic had 22 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 steal in another very big game from the Serbian guards. Elio Kobo had 23 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 steal and was the best for the home team. This was certainly an entertaining game. A game of runs and momentum swings. Monaco started better, but Partizan answered and was able to build a 10-point lead. Monaco stepped up defensively and uh, with a better effort was able to come back into the game. In the last three and a half minutes of the game, we saw six league changes with Partizan coming out of top In the end, huge three-pointer from Panther was the dagger to lock this game for Partizan that is playing at an incredible level and was shown to be able to compete against virtually anyone on this edition of the EuroLeague. How good was this game for Partizan and how good was this game in general, Diogo?
1: This was a great game. Uh, I really enjoyed watching this one. I love the way Monaco came out to start the game. Uh, They were getting stops. They were pushing the pace. And they were capitalizing on that. So they scored. They had a double-digit lead uh, early on. But then, once the rotation started, uh, Avramovic uh, off the bench, uh, his energy and his ability to, to get some stops defensively, uh, and then he had a, a career high in scoring. Uh, that was pretty pretty fun to watch. Uh, Lede had a, a very nice game. And I, I just think the key here was, was that second quarter. Uh, when the bench for Partizan was in, uh, Avramovic, Axum, uh, Lasort came off the bench on this one. They they played pretty good and they were able to to stop Monaco in that second quarter. He only scored thirteen points, and in the second half it was pretty close. Monaco was able to to get back in the game. Uh, Elio Kobo was amazing. Uh, ever since he came in in the in the first quarter, he, he played a great game until the end. Uh, this was a very fun one, honestly. I mean. And what I loved the most about this game was that uh, Coach Obradovich uh, from Partizan, uh, we had Coach Obradovich on both sides, but uh, (laughs) Partizan's coach having the the trust uh, in Kevin Parner Jr., even though he was struggling uh, for the game, he, he only had five points at that time, and then he still gave him the ball to shoot that three, that dagger three. So that was pretty fun to watch. And for Monaco, speaking of threes they keep struggling Uh, all year. They've been a a great shooting team and they just went five for 16 and they're not shooting enough threes and they're not making them either. So I I believe that's a reason why they're struggling uh, ever since Mike James came back. So I hope they can, they can turn it on the playoffs uh, depending on who they face, because I I would really like to see Monaco in the final four. So we'll see what happens, but this is a great win for partisan and, And for their friends, too, because they went to Monaco. Uh, They were in there. They were loud. So they deserve this win, absolutely.
0: Partisan fans are amazing and they are everywhere and showing big support for their teams. This was indeed an amazing game. Kevin Panther did what great players do and uh, was able to to help his team to to lock down this win. On Monaco, I absolutely agree with you that they need to shoot more trees and score more trees, but um, it has been nice to see that they are able to come back into games and keep uh, a good fighting spirit, playing with uh, high intensity and uh, show signs to be able to compete in other ways but uh, they will need that part of their game to come along for them to to be able to get far in the postseason this was another european hoops episode let's wrap it up the the episode here Make sure you guys tune in on Wednesday when we will preview the last round of the regular season of the EuroLeague and we are looking forward for it. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I'll be seeing you guys soon.
1: Bye guys, see you on next episode.